Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. If you don't follow us already, take a second to hit that follow button or tell your friends about us or, you know, find us on our newsletter for more TV recs. We always appreciate you telling us about your friends and getting more people to talk about TV with, so... Or telling your friends about us, but either way, (laughs) can you imagine if people wrote in and they were like, here's my friend. (laughs) I'm... In the market for some new friends. <laughs> Tell us about your friends. <laughs> I think awesome. we should leave it like that. I think that's good. I think we leave it. All right. Do what you got to do. Uh, this episode is our underrated TV picks of 2023. I guess not our underrated picks, but things TV shows that we think are underrated that came out this year. Jess, would you like to start this one off? I will. I will start with, in classic Johnny Jess fashion, a... Um, like a little rant about something that's probably yes, right not worth time. doing, but going to do it anyway. The phrase underrated is so annoying. I actually don't like it because colloquially it means more people should like this thing. This thing's so great. Why don't more people watch it, read it, buy it, use it, etc.? But in the case of TV, like when people say – or movies, when people say, oh, this movie's really underrated, why aren't more people talking about it? It means – like what they really mean is it's underwatched or underappreciated. Underrated would mean like, hey, this TV show has a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I think it's so great. Why is it underrated? And that's what I meant by people will be annoyed because I'm just being like pedantic and annoying. Everyone uses underrated the same way, but it is wrong. I agree. I think we're just playing into, I mean, we're using the word because we know what people will we know people will know what we mean, but I think we're just perpetuating the wrong use of the word. We could say underwatched. I, I try to say underwatched sometimes, and I feel really silly. I don't think I can do it. I don't. I won't. I'm not going to continue to do it. I feel silly. I could actually start now that that's out of the way. I would love that. I'd like to start with one that I think is I think the most underwatched of my list. Okay, and that is completely subjective. I did not look up like any stats of how many people watched any of these things. I'm going to start with Drops of God. Oh. And Drops of God is on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a miniseries adapted from a manga. Apple never – how many t- – we should just count how many times I say this. Apple doesn't market their stuff. Apple doesn't market anything no. that isn't like that Chris Pine movie. Not Chris Pine. The other Chris. Chris Evans. <laughs> the Chris Evans ghosted movie that was terrible. They had ads for that everywhere. But their TV shows – for the most part, I'm trying to think of – I feel like there was like one recently that they did add Monarch. I keep seeing ads for Monarch, but they don't advertise for like anything else. No, you have to stumble into a lot of good shows. They have a lot of good shows. And then the ones that are terrible, maybe those are the ones that they have to promote because they're worried that no one's going to watch them. But I, I think it's ones that they think have more obvious appeal. Like the last thing he told me had some advertisement. Well, that's Jennifer Garner and it's a book that a lot of people read. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas – like the Buccaneers isn't really getting like a lot of advertisement because like what's the selling point? There's no real famous face. But it's well, Gossip Girl back way I'm back stop. when. I'm not <laughs> I'm not bashing Buccaneers. We can do that another time. I, uh, to be fair, I, I like it now. I'm not bashing it. I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying they didn't really advertise it. And there are better examples. I mean, honestly, like even like the crowded room, which had Tom Holland and Amanda Seyfried didn't get a ton of advertisement. I'm just kind of confused about their marketing tactics. 
that all aside, I didn't mean to say as many words about that as I did. Drops of God got like none. Because even as a person who's constantly looking at like the PR page on Apple, you know, following what's coming out, I had to remind myself that Drops of God was like an actual show that actually got released because I didn't hear a single word about it from anyone, like other TV people, anybody I know who might have just came across it, who like watches a lot of stuff on Apple. I don't know anyone who's seen this in real life other than me. Uh, I know other TV podcasters and um, writers <laughs> that have seen it and also really liked it. I will admit I am part of the unfortunate statistic of people who haven't seen it, but I do want to. It's on my list. It's it's on. I have like a list of shows that came out this year that I just never got around to and that I do intend on watching and Drops of God is on there. It's not even like it's not in my top 10 of the year. It's not even that I think it's like mind-blowingly good. It's just so good compared to how little it's been watched. Yeah. And that bothers me. And that's, I think, why I keep talking about it because it really is a well-executed show, an entertaining show, and nobody's watching it. I actually think more than like, oh, it's so good. It's so thrilling. It's so whatever. It's honestly just like a comfort show. It's It's a show about a wine competition. It's French and Japanese, so they they speak both languages. I think you can toggle between either as like the main language, and then also you can listen to an English dub. I would recommend, as always, listening to the original format and reading the subtitles because you get a lot more from understanding like who can understand who. Some people speak French in the show. Some people speak Japanese. Kind of like 1899. We talked about that at the time. Yeah. Like You lose a lot when you listen to the dub because it sounds like everybody's speaking the same language, which is not true. However back to my original point of it being sort of a comfort show, like watching people drink wine and talk about wine for me is a very like fun and comforting sort of thing. Like I like wine. I think in another life I could have been a sommelier. Like I find that's, I find this stuff so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I have that knowledge. I'm saying I could have chosen to study it. I know very little. You could enjoy yourself be studying I to be a sommelier. <laughs> I could have fun doing that. And I think watching people – have expertise in any field is fun. Sort of like watching a sports movie where you're like, oh, these are the people like the best of the best. This is so cool. Mm-hmm. It's that. But for wine tasting, which is not as thrilling as a sports movie, but more thrilling than you would think. And also the show is stunning. Like Apple and their big budgets really are doing a lot for this show. It's gorgeous. It's on location in France, in Japan, insanely beautiful places, wineries, just extravagant and aesthetically stunning. And so in those ways, it's just like a comforting watch. I would like to be comforted and watch that. One of my underrated shows is probably more watched, <laughs> more watched than uh, than yours, but Animal Control on Hulu. I knew this would be on yours. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's decent. And I think all the people who watched and loved Brooklyn Nine-Nine that's the one that reminds me of it the most for some reason, but I guess because it's it's like police, but for animals. It's animal control. It's set in an animal control precinct um, in Seattle, and it's a workplace comedy. And I'm just surprised that the people, I guess maybe the people who love Brooklyn Nine Nine are rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine, but they could also be watching a new set of characters and be falling in love with their antics as well. Um, I liked it so much more than I was expecting to, despite the fact that. Um, what's his face? Jeff Winger plays Jeff Winger in everything he said. Yes, but I like him. I know. I just Joel McHale. I just watched the um 
two of the Christmas episodes of Community last night. That was my little evening activity and it was so good. Anyway, Animal Control. I know you also watched this. I'm assuming it's not on your list, but I think- It's on my short list when I wrote out like all my underrated shows, but then I picked three and I thought about doing Animal Control, but I thought it would be on yours and I was right. So it's not that I didn't want to pick it. I just, we only allotted ourselves three selections. If you looked at my list of seven, it is on there. Nice. Okay. What else is on your uh, under underwatched list? I have more thoughts about animal control, if I am allowed. Of course. And my first thought is that I watched the first few episodes and I like, didn't like it. I actually like really didn't like it very much at all. And I was like, oh, just another dud, just a bad, like why did they try to – they're just trying to make a Joel McHale show because he hasn't been in anything and they're going to like rely on this to propel the show. If you keep watching season one, it gets so much better. But I think that that's – we've said this many times. That's so emblematic of any ensemble comedy. And it's so annoying. I feel annoyed at myself that in the beginning I reviewed it. I think you did – you maybe reviewed it for the newsletter. I think I might have reviewed it in a video where I said like this show is a skip. Like you don't need to watch this. It's not that great. And then I finished the season and then I put it on my like underrated shows of the year list because it ended up so good. And it's annoying (laughs) that I had said it's a skip. But that's just like classic ensemble comedy. That's just what happens. If you asked me after the first season of Parks and Rec if it was a skip, it would have been a skip, which is crazy. Yeah. So I just needed to say that and also that I hope – I hope this show gets like six seasons because I could see it being one of those ensemble comedies that is really good and worthwhile. Yeah. I totally agree. I think it's okay for humans to change their minds. I think it's okay that we, especially with TV, which so much can happen within a season or even a couple of episodes, for people to remember that you just got to give some things a chance. And even when you do give some things a chance, they might not live up to your expectations. Anyway, I'm just saying this for the people who get mad when we change our minds about about reviews and our ratings of certain things. Everything is so subjective, but animal control, I agree. I agree for any sitcom for the most part, except ones that have some like grabby bit. We were just talking in our previous podcast about The Good Place and um, Upload, which have some elements to them where you already in the first episode, even if you don't care about the comedy between the characters and their relationships, you're sort of like, oh, what, what's happening here? Um, if it's a regular workplace comedy or any other kind of ensemble comedy, you need to give the characters, which are at the heart of the show, time to develop into what they're going to be. So totally agree. Keep give it a couple of episodes before you you make your final judgment. I do. I will say I do think that they struggle with the lack of a like Captain Holt character. And for Brooklyn, for me with Brooklyn Nine Nine, it started out like good, but I you know, I was like Andy Samberg's going to get annoying. This is going to be too much for me. I mean, I wasn't the biggest Andy Samberg fan to start with. Whereas like in Animal Control, I really liked Joel McHale, and he he wasn't annoying me, but he's also not surprising me. The Captain Holt sort of character in Book on Nine Nine being very surprising, amazing comedic timing, sort of in an unexpected way. I I do kind of feel like Animal Control doesn't have that person, and that keeps me from being like, you know, putting it in a in a higher tier. I uh, am not. I was not as much a Brooklyn Nine Nine super fan. <laughs> I did not watch all of them. Um, so I'm not feeling that same comparison, except in the vibes, like I mentioned, uh, of like a of a missing 
character or missing foil. Uh, I guess that's all I have to say. I'm not, I'm not feeling that same loss and I'm enjoying, I have enjoyed, I enjoyed the first season very much. And there will be a second. So we'll have more, more enjoyment to come. Okay. My next pick is killing it. I'm going to say killing it. Oh, I know you liked this one. Yeah. Killing it is, it's a peacock show. It has Craig Robinson from, well, many things. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, since we were just talking about it. The first season was fine. The second season came out this year and was so much better. And I think after the first season, I would not have put it on an underwatched, underrated list. It was good. I was happy to see Craig Robinson in something again, but it was ultimately pretty forgettable. And I didn't think it was... I didn't think it was like particularly nailing the tone. I couldn't really figure out what the tone was supposed to be. I thought it was more of that sort of like gag humor. It was kind of doing satire, but I didn't think it was like pulling it off exceptionally well. Season two, so much better. I mean, they they changed the sort of core plot point uh, in a way that will make sense when you watch it. I won't explain really for the better in season two, but beyond that, they really leaned into the satire and it is so sharp. In season two, it's very much like it's giving like the Righteous Gemstones satire, which you know I love. And I mean, for as much as I think the Righteous Gemstones is a little bit underwatched, it's still way more watched than Killing It. And that is a shame. I think people who like the Righteous Gemstones and that sort of like satirical but also goofy sort of Danny McBride-esque humor would really like season two of killing it you do have to watch season one it's not bad but season two is just so much better yeah killing it is possibly on my list but i feel like um sitcoms in general kind of take a lower it's like when i have time or when i want specifically same with animal control when i want something specifically to be like lighter and fun and gotta have the right energy and for some reason i expect to to watch more of a sitcom than most other TV shows. And so I don't know when I'll get to killing it, but it is on my list. Yeah. I don't know if it's like specifically your kind of humor. So I'm curious your thoughts. I wouldn't say you have to like watch this immediately, but other people, yes, they should. Cool. My, one of my other um, underwatched, underrated shows was uh, Class of 07 in Prime Video. It's- Is it also on your list? No, because it's because I put it in the honorable mentions, or mm. one of us did. I don't even, if I didn't, I would have, I don't know, in the top <laughs> 10. So I decided not to talk about it again because I felt like we already did, but it very much fits this bill. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it in uh, ad nauseum, but I, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a, a TV show that more people would like. Prime Video sometimes suffers from the same thing as as Apple TV Plus. It's like doesn't really I don't see a lot of promotion for its TV shows. And I surprisingly a lot I think the majority of my top 10 list um and then a lot of the shows that I just generally liked this year, a good portion of them were on Prime Video or Freebie. So, there one where it's weird because like the summer I turned pretty was everywhere like giant walls in Williamsburg were covered in posters for the summer I turned pretty, but then other shows come out and it's like nothing. The consultant wilderness. I mean, 
Citadel didn't even get as much promotion as you'd think that they would have done for how expensive it was, but certainly more than the other ones I named. But I think also it's because this one was an Australian show. Hmm. I wonder if that had something to do with it because this really got no promotion and it got a release date like two weeks in advance. I remember because I did my here's what's coming out in March or whatever month it was and it wasn't on the list when I made that a month, a week before the month ended and then suddenly it had a release date like two weeks before. And I, I, I don't know. I wonder if that's because it's like a foreign, maybe non-US show. I do remember it being on the banner. And I wonder if it's because I've watched similar shows to it. But it was on, like when I was on the Prime Video app on my computer looking for something to watch, it was one of the promoted like top banner shows. Um, and then I remember seeing it and then we talked about it and I was like, oh yeah. But other than that, like other than actually in the Prime Video space, I have not really seen any promotion of it. But that could be could be because of because it's coming from a foreign at least, at least for like the pre right like pre release hype there really wasn't much when it did come out I feel like people were watching it because it was on the like top five list if you went onto the app yeah it was like the same week I think that Swarm was released because I remember mm. seeing Swarm and Cost of Seven in the like top two show spots and being surprised because they hadn't really done any pre release marketing for either of them but I think people found them more organically. So I think a good number of people have seen Class of 07. I do wonder. It's so hard, like, just being – Not knowing like the actual numbers, yeah. It's like, oh, I know three people that watched that one, but I have actually no idea. Maybe next time we come prepared with that info. With some stats. I don't know that we'd be able to find all the stats, but I agree. We could we could do some attempt at digging. I think the well, only – they don't – like, streaming services, like, don't release their viewership. Famously. Um, but we could maybe – I don't know. We could maybe – some quote out from some exec somewhere. I think the only thing I really want to say about this, about Class of 07, is that Caitlin Stacy is a queen. And we've said it before. I love so good. her. She's so oh my good. Oh gosh, I love her so much. Well, and you know what was fun about this too is I hadn't seen anything Emily Browning had been in since like the series of Unfortunate Events movie in True. 2005. So that was fun for me seeing her again. I don't know if that's like She's in a bunch of Australian stuff that I just haven't seen. But in my world, she went away for 20 years and came back in a fun show. And that's cool. I like seeing like previous child actors do well Their in comeback things. I agree. Yeah. Very fun. Really just a fun, fun and funny show. I would urge people to watch more than the first episode if people are listening yeah. and they're finally going to give it a try. The first episode is a bit weird and doesn't quite match the tone of the rest. It's a little too – everyone is annoying in that way that sometimes they make girl characters just seem like really obnoxious and terrible. And I thought it was going to be – I thought I was going to hate the show. And it strays so far from that tone or that sort of like vibe that I would urge people to give it a chance beyond that. Shall I do my third or my next since they're not ranked? I'm – I'm like not sure if this should be on here. And we were talking about like not having viewership data. This one feels wrong. This one feels like I'm just wrong uh, that it's underwatched because it's on CBS. And I, th I think still shows that are released on networks are still much more watched than streaming service shows hmm. as a whole. Uh, it's Ghosts. I feel like I'm just like premature, like pre I'm hearing the word, I'm hearing everyone yelling at me in my mind. That it's not underwatched. 
what's the word I wanted? I'm hearing it precognitively. Preemptively? Precognitively? Thank you. Sure. Who knows? <laughs> I think that amongst people who would like this show, Ghosts is an ensemble comedy, sort of like the classic network sitcom ensemble comedy. It's not like a mockumentary, so it's not like The Office, Parks and Rec, Abbott Elementary, but it is still that just like good ensemble comedy, kind of like we were just talking about with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, New Girl. It doesn't it doesn't quite it hasn't quite reached those heights for me. Like New Girl and Brooklyn Nine Nine are still very much in a different tier. But that comfort that you get from watching just a good solid ensemble that's really funny and charming and has a lot of heart, that is Ghosts. And I'm talking about the US version of Ghosts that is on released on CBS. It's in its, in its second season, or like two seasons have come out. The third season comes out in February, and you can watch it on Paramount Plus. I feel like probably a lot of people watch this show. And again, I just like don't know those people. But if you're my friend and you haven't seen Ghosts yet, I think you'd like it. That's I guess I'm just speaking to like the people I know who haven't seen it. I wouldn't have known without looking it up, but I did just look it up because you're right, it is a network show and you can find some of the numbers. It does say that it's pretty widely watched. Like the the <laughs> finale episode of season two drew six point two nine million live and same day viewers. Is that a lot though for like there are like CSI um, spinoffs get like three point one million viewers, so this is double that, uh, and then another another stat again like it might not be you're right it might not be as many as you were, uh, and then there are a bunch of things about how it kind of consistently gets between five and six million viewers. I knew it was going to be a lot because it's a network show, but like I said, this is just anecdotally it feels underwatched. It's probably not. This is probably a terrible choice I've made to put this on this list, and yet I will continue to keep it here. I I stand by my questionable decision. That being said, can I do another <laughs> really quick? Please, by all means. Because the next one is actually underwatched, I would I would say almost certainly, and it's Mrs. Davis. Mm. And probably underwatched because, again, it's a Peacock show, which puts two out of three of my lists on Peacock. Not as many people have it, but Mrs. Davis is a Damon Lindelof show, so it has that sort of like bizarre religious questioning that he does in it, but it's not a religious show. So if you read the premise, it's like a nun goes on a quest to find the Holy Grail. You'll be like, oh, religious show. It's not in the sense that you think it is. It's just that sort of classic Lindelof, like questioning faith, questioning what it means for religion to exist in our lives in a sort of like abstract sense, almost like a mythical sense. And it's a comedy, but it is very weird. It that's the show goes in really strange directions. The plot is a little all over the place. I would say like don't plan to binge it. It's 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 just weird and I wouldn't say that like every episode keeps you wanting more. But I finished the season and I was really impressed by it. And Betty Gilpin is just a treasure, and she's so good. And it's like eight episodes. It's a quick watch. It'll get. It'll have a season two. I think for how inventive, fun, and well acted this was, it's it's a bummer to me that more people haven't seen it. Yeah, I wonder. My, yeah, my my underrated, underwatched shows are less like people don't have access to them and more 
people haven't seen them, but you're right. Yours, the a lot of yours have been Peacock shows, which just means, yeah, I don't know. Those without that streaming service probably won't probably won't have even seen any sort of promotion of them, or if they have, haven't had a chance to go watch them. Um, I know I'm supposed to watch Mrs. Davis. I have Peacock right now, so maybe I'll go do that. My final, at least on this list. Underwatched, underrated for for the purposes of our discussion was um, Good Omens. Partially because I thought the second season was so good for what it. I wasn't really going in with high expectations um, of the second season. I I liked the first season and I thought maybe it would be decently entertaining like the first, but I thought the second season really blew the first out of the water. I think I said that in my review. Like you could conceivably go in and watch the second season first, but you would miss out on a lot of the character um, development and just sort of some background things that Easter eggs almost that come back in the second season. So it's worth it to watch the first, but David Tennant and Michael Sheen um, together make the show, especially the first season. I think I only kept watching for the two of them. They're the main characters anyway. And in the second season, it's just like bumped up a notch. Anything that David Tennant's in, he he lends this, I just fall in love with whatever it is he's doing, even if he's being a bad guy in this, he's sort of a bad guy with a heart of gold. I don't know. I don't want to ruin anything, um, but it's a fantasy comedy. If that's not your thing, I get it. Uh, if Neil Gaiman is not your thing, I get it. That's This show is based off of a Neil Gaiman um, book and Terry, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman together. So I understand it's not for everyone, but I do think there are a lot of people who would like this who have not seen it. And I say that also knowing, like you said about uh, ghosts, that there are probably a decent number of viewers because there are fans of Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. But I just think the audience could be expanded beyond that, and it's not. No, I think this is a a reasonable one for this list. It's on Prime, so a lot more people could have seen it than did. And I haven't seen it, which is very anecdotal but for me means that it's probably underwatched if I but it's also on brand it. for you not to have seen this i feel I like know. yeah it's not my it's not exactly my content and also you watched it so then i felt more okay not watching it me with all of the ones that i haven't seen on your list it's not speaking to me but yeah, that's the fine. fact that you put it on this list makes me feel more inclined to watch it hmm. If we have a few minutes past these three, well, I did four, but past these seven underrated shows, it does make me think, are there shows that you've heard are underrated, underwatched, people are like, you have to watch this that you haven't seen yet? People that aren't me, presumably. Like, I feel like there are a few shows this year that have been like bopping around, like get brought up in conversation by people who watch Maybe not more TV, but like maybe more obscure TV, or maybe they just like happened upon a show that they really, really like and that you haven't watched yet. Is there anything that would fit that bill? I've got a couple of You're really things springing this on me. I don't I know. know. It's, too, it's too niche of a question for an off the cuff, but I feel like every once in a while somebody recommends something to me and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I totally forget it because I don't put, I don't write it down anywhere. And so I was just hoping that you would tell me stuff so I could add it to my list. <laughs> Um, no, I feel like the stuff on my list, people generally know about, like, I haven't seen Slow Horses yet, but I feel like Slow Horses has been talked about a decent amount. I think that counts. I haven't seen Industry, 
which is talked about a lot. I don't think that's obscure, but I do think it's not also not watched the world over. Uh, and I've heard good things about it. I don't think that's to be obscure to be on this list. I think that is one that is not talked about like a whole lot. I think I haven't seen it either. Yeah. What are you seem like you came prepared with with specifics for this one though, so I only had one in mind, but then I know that there are others, like I said, that I don't write down. But I've had a lot of people recommend Blue Eye Samurai to me. Huh. And it came out last month. It's on Netflix. It's an animated show. Have you heard of it? No, and it has not been recommended to me. I know we don't I would say we tend not to be as mm, big of consumers of animated content, which as a rule is not true. Like there's certainly stuff that you watch. I've I've seen even less than you, but like when one comes out, it does slip my radar more often than not. Hold on. Is this the show that is um I by by title I did not recognize it, but I've heard people talking about like a very inventive animated show. And I'm wondering if this is the same if, if this is the same one, do you know anything about the plot or? By that definition, I have no idea. But yeah, it. well, Maya Erskine plays um, the main character and it's set in 1600s in Japan. Maya Erskine voices uh, like a half white, half Japanese, uh, like a swords person. And she's like getting revenge. That's like all I know about it. I do love Maya Erskine. It has some pretty like the voice list is. It's pretty stacked. Stephanie Hsu, Brenda Song, George Takai, Randall Park, Kenneth Branagh. Wow. Yeah, dang. No, but I will. You're right. I do I, I do watch a, not a ton of animated stuff, but I do dabble. I'm surprised I haven't heard of this. Yeah. I mean, it's recent. I think it came out last month. And there's another one, too, that came out somewhat recently. I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about another animated uh, series. This one's a sci-fi drama. It's called Scavenger's Reign. I think that's the one that I'm thinking of. That sounds way more familiar. <laughs> yeah. I think this, now that I think about what you said about it too, is probably it. People say like, it basically, you know, it has to be an animated show because of how kind of out of the box. It's sci-fi. It's on different like alien worlds. Like there's really a point where you can't do some sci-fi or fantasy or sci-fi fantasy, like in the real world and it has to be animated. And that one, that's how I've heard this one described. And it's this like really beautiful tale and I really want to watch it. And yeah. I'm glad I thought of it just now because I'm going to make sure I write it down. I've heard that the, um, yeah, that the, like animation is really beautiful and you get kind of lost. You get, you get sucked in the, the, the anecdotal <laughs> stuff about this is that I've heard you get sucked in almost just because it's so beautiful to watch that it's one of those shows you can't look away from. Um, also because the stuff that's beautiful to watch, like there, there are things about the planet that become important later, like the way that certain things are moving. I, I haven't seen it, so I can't actually speak to this, but that's what I've heard. Like it's everything about its medium supports it as a good, like an interesting show and an interesting tale. So I, that's also on my list. Thank you for reminding Amazing. me. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you to myself for reminding me because now I'm excited to go watch that. But otherwise, I have nothing else for this episode. Yeah, nor do I. I I did put a couple of other things down, but I don't I think we've already talked about them, so we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that again. Um if if there's anything we didn't mention that you listeners thought was an underwatched, underrated show, please tell us because there's a chance we haven't seen it and I would love for some new content to watch especially as we go into this December that feels so deserty. 
Yeah, there's not a lot in December, but I am a little scared for, I mean, January January. Hits. January is not like crazy, but then February and March, as always, right before right. Emmy's deadline are just packed. Get in and your so, suggestions early because I will have about yeah. two weeks of nothing. We have 10 days. <laughs> we'll also be like home probably needing content. So write us at doubletakenewsletter at gmail.com. It's also in the show notes. Let us know what to watch. Let us know if you've seen any of the shows that we just talked about, what you think about them, if you liked them, if you didn't. And other than that, we will see you next time. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time.